First Peter chapter 2. And our text for this morning is found there in verse 7. Peter says unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner the verse itself is all about Christ he's the stone that was disallowed and has become the head of the corner but I want to consider this morning with the Lord's help those words the beginning of the verse unto you therefore which believe he is precious unto you therefore which believe he Christ is precious in his two epistles the apostle Peter was very fond of using the word precious and we see that Peter uses that word no less than seven times seven times he uses the word precious and we know what the number seven means in scripture seven is the number of completeness and when you look at what Paul or Peter described as precious you will see a completeness in everything that he described as precious we notice that he spoke about precious faith twice 1 Peter 1 7 and 2 Peter 1 and verse 1 then referring to the Lord Jesus he calls him the precious stone 1 Peter 2 verses 4 and 6 he then has something to say about the Lord and his precious promises 2 Peter 1 and verse Four. and of course drawing our attention again to Christ in 1 Peter 1 verse 19 he was spoke about the precious blood of Christ and what believer would not give thanks to the Lord for the shedding of his precious blood and surely that is one of the reasons why Peter said unto you therefore which believe he is precious he's precious to us for all that we have already mentioned but when you think of Christ shedding his precious blood that surely makes him precious to us as believers to those who are not believers to those who are not saved and don't know Christ the Saviour the Lord is not precious we think of what Isaiah the prophet said regarding those who are not believers 
and what they think of Christ Isaiah 53 and verse 2 as far as the unbeliever is concerned in Christ he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him and the unconverted and the unsaved and we know what it was like before we were saved before we were born again there was nothing precious about Christ as far as we were concerned in our unsaved days that's right the unbeliever does not see anything attractive in Christ but it is a much different matter a much different story for the believer because Peter here says unto you therefore which believe he is precious to the believer the Lord Jesus is all preciousness there is nothing in him that is not precious to the believer and he became precious to us the moment we were saved the moment we became believers was the moment that Christ became precious to us the one in whom we saw no beauty the one in whom we were not attractive, attracted at all when the Lord saved us when the Lord opened our eyes when the Lord worked in our hearts and we were born again of the Spirit of God that moment Christ was precious to us so I want to look at these words this morning the Lord Jesus is precious to us first of all because of his preeminence because of his preeminence he is precious to us because there's none like him he is the pearl of greatest price he is the fairest of ten thousand yea ten thousand times ten thousand he is the bright and the morning star everything about him is precious to the believer regarding his preeminence we think of his stature his stature it is recorded of Israel's king Saul in 1 Samuel 9 and verse 2 from his shoulders and upward he was higher than any of the people telling us about his physical height but when we come to Christ we're not talking about his, his physical height but the Lord Jesus we're speaking about his spiritual and divine height he stands higher than all men that is 
again there is none like him we admire Abraham don't we we admire Abraham for his fear as the man who believed God we admire Moses as the man who spoke with God as a friend speaks with a friend we admire David for his fearlessness and bravery as over the years he fought the Philistines we admire Daniel Daniel was a man who knew what it was to enjoy fellowship with his Lord in prayer and we have been considering the life of Paul and we admire Paul for faithfully carrying out his work as the great missionary yes all of these and many more stand tall in the church of Christ but Christ stands taller than them all Christ is greater than them all that's why he's so precious to us why? because there's none like him there's none like him he's greater than Abraham he's greater than Daniel he's greater than David he's greater than Paul he's precious to us because of his stature he's above everyone there is none like him as well as his stature that makes him precious to us he is also sinless he's without sin that's right if you look upon Christ you can examine his words you can look at his ways you can examine his works you can look at Christ and we can say then with one of old I find no fault in him neither there is no matter who else we look at and we look at ourselves we can see many a fault we see many a failure there were faults in Abraham in his life there were faults in the life of Moses and faults in the life of David but look at Christ you find no fault at all we find no fault in him for he is holy he's harmless and he's undefiled and he's separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens Hebrews 7 and verse 26 that's right it's holy with him we can enjoy a holy conversation we can enjoy his holy company that's why it's so precious that's right he's harmless he is harmless he will never do us his people any harm 
is harmless. Think of it. Christ is harmless. He is, as we have often described him, as the perfect gentleman. Based on the words of Paul, when Paul spoke of Christ as his meekness and gentleness. Speaking about Christ, he referred to his meekness and gentleness. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. Meekness and gentleness of Christ. Is that not the description of an individual, of someone who's harmless? Meekness and gentleness. In the good to have a saviour. In the good to have a friend. Who's meek and gentle. In the good to have one who is harmless. Yes. And he's undefiled. He is undefiled. Holy, harmless, undefiled. You look at that word undefiled. That word cannot be used about anybody else. Undefiled, because the word means immaculate. The word means immaculate. Can't say it about anybody else. But we can say it about Christ. You think of the ways and the wickedness of the world have given attention to it will defile the mind. Isn't it such a blessing to as it were wrap yourself up in Christ. Wrap yourself up in him and shutting out the world and walk with him and commune with him knowing that nothing unseemly will pass between you and the Lord he's harmless he's holy he's immaculate what a description we have of him no wonder then Peter said unto you therefore which believe <coughs> he is precious to that we say yes Peter he is precious or as the word precious may be rendered it may be rendered preciousness unto you that believe he is preciousness in other words everything that is precious you find it in Christ he is all preciousness that is his stature his sinlessness what makes Christ precious to us his sacrifice Someone said, Tell me not what a man says about me, but tell me rather 
what a man will do for me. And we look at the Lord Jesus and we see at Calvary what the Lord has done for us. Does that not make us make him precious to us? Every believer looks upon the Lord Jesus as being all preciousness to them. Why? Because of what the Savior did at Calvary. How many? I was thinking, how many books could be written if we each one sat down and wrote why the Lord is precious to us. I'm sure we could write quite a few books on that subject. How can we fully explain and put together all that the Lord has done for us that makes him precious? Just as the hymn writer has said, for all the Lord has done for me, I never will cease to praise him. For all the Lord has done for me, I never will cease to praise him. And is it not what the Lord did for us at Calvary that makes him so precious to us? <coughs> he who is God he who is God became man he became man that he might go to a place of sacrifice namely the cross of Calvary he became man that he might go to that lonely hill outside Jerusalem and lay down his life and shed his blood he had to he had to shed his blood because without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin there is no removal of sin without the shedding of blood and Christ was the only one who could save us and so he who is the darling of the father's bosom came into this world and became man that he might shed his blood sinless blood that he might shed that blood for our souls he did it for us and how precious that makes Christ to us does it not Paul said who gave himself for our sins you think of that he gave himself for our sins that we might be delivered from the, this present evil world according to the will of God our father he gave himself for our sins he took upon himself all of the sins of his people and he became sin 
the point of the time before he didn't become a sinner he became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him does that not make the Lord precious to us you think of it think of the believer could the Lord Jesus have done anything else that would have made him to be more precious to us surely not for when the Lord laid down his life he gave his all he gave everything that he might save our soul we would be on the road to a lost eternity we could be in eternity it was not for Christ we would have nothing to look forward to except the lost sinner's hell that's right where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched yet Christ came into the world to save us from all of that he what what did he do he gave himself he laid down his life he gave himself to the wrath and the indignation of the holy God because he bearing all our sins in his body there on that tree God must judge sin and our sins laid upon him when we came to him that day that moment and confessed our sins our sins were laid upon Christ and all our sins laid upon the Lord God judged those sins in the person of his own son precious precious saviour how precious he is who would have done the like of that if they could have who would have done that who would have done there's only one and only one who was able and the one who was able did lay down his life and he didn't believe her for you and me how precious is the Lord to all those who believe he is precious then anyone ask us why the Lord Jesus is precious to us we can reply and say look look to the cross look to Calvary that's why he's precious to us because there on that cross he died for us he shed his blood for us and no greater love is any man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends 
So the Lord Jesus is precious because of his preeminence. Because there's nobody like him. The Lord Jesus is precious because of his person. So when speaking about the person of the Lord Jesus, where do we begin? Where do we begin? And where do we end? We can adopt the words of John when speaking about what Christ has done. John said in John 21 verse 25, if they should be written, every one of them, I suppose, and even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. And how true that is. You speak about the person of Christ. You put it into a book. And John says, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Such is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking about his person, we speak about his love. The love of Christ. We have considered his sacrifice and what he did for us and laying down his life there. But then we ask, why would he do such a thing? Why would he lay down his life for guilty sinners such as we are? Well, Paul can tell us, Galatians 2 and verse 20, the Son of Man, a Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. But then there's more. There's more to that. 1 John 4 verse 19. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. He first loved us. Oh, how precious does that make the Lord Jesus to us. Yes, when we got saved, we fell in love with Christ. But he loved us before we ever knew him. What a marvel that is, what a miracle of grace that is. Long before we ever knew him, he looked upon us and loved us even, listen, even before the foundation of the world, where we're loved by God, by Christ, even the hell. He loved us. He gave himself for us. And from that moment of eternity past, Christ, he has never stopped loving us. Even when our love for him grew cold, his love for us 
was burning as bright as ever. Praise his name. Even when we failed him and do not live as we ought as his children, believe it or not, he still loves us. We know that on the authority of God's word. Because Proverbs 17 and 17. A friend beloveth at all times. He is that friend. He loves us at all times. He is the brother born for adversity. And so the love that Christ has for us is undeserved love. Unconditional love. Unending love. Does that not make him precious to us? Could we have ever had one who loved us in that way? Christ loves us. That's why he's precious to us. Looking at his person, we think of his love. We think also of his loyalty. His loyalty. In all of the world, our 10,000 worlds, could we ever find anyone as loyal to us as Christ? We experience his loyalty to us when we consider his presence. You think of his presence. Hebrews 13 verse 5. The Lord says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Do those words not speak of his loyalty? I like the way those words are found in the original. This is the literal translation of those words from the Greek. In no wise thee will I leave. In no wise thee will I leave. Nor in any wise thee will I forsake. I like the way it is put. In no wise thee will I leave. Nor in any wise thee will I forsake. So the Lord is saying, In no wise will I leave thee. And no wise will I forsake thee. And oh what loyalty is that? That under no circumstances will the dear Saviour leave us or forsake us. He is that friend who sticketh closer than a brother. 
that Christ even if our closest friends listen even if our closest friends were to leave us and forsake us we can rest assured the Lord Jesus will still be with us David said David the psalmist said when my father and my mother forsake me father and mother it's the closest you can get when my mother and father my father and mother forsake me then the Lord will take me up then the Lord will take me up or those words take me up may be rendered will gather me up we may be cast down disappointed discouraged yet devastated if a mother and father were to forsake us but then we're told the Lord will gather me up like a father gathering up his children into his arms the Lord will be there beside us to gather us up in his arms and will always remind us of those words in Hebrews in no wise they will I leave nor in any wise they will I forsake let's get a hold of those words may the Lord write them upon our hearts and he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us under any circumstances and with Peter we say unto you therefore which believe he is precious we enjoy his loyalty not only with his presence you think of it with his prayers Peter himself of course experienced the loyalty of Christ when it came to the Lord praying for him you recall just before Calvary just before the Lord's arrest Oh, Peter did all kinds of boasting, what he would do, how he would remain loyal to the Lord. He would never leave him, he would never forsake him. But we all know that he did. Luke 22, verses 31 and 32, the Lord told Peter, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not there is the loyalty of Christ in prayer Satan hath desired Peter to have you that he may sift you as wheat 
that I have prayed for thee. He was loyal to Peter. Even though the Savior knew that Peter would desert him, that Peter would deny him, nevertheless, the Lord said, But I have prayed for thee. What a Savior we have, believer. And as he was loyal to Peter, with his prayers, so he is loyal to us with his intercession. When you go through a hard time, the trials and tribulations of life come your way. Just remember, the Lord's praying for you. He is praying for you. We know that. Romans 8 and verse 34. It is Christ that died, eh, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He's making intercession for us. He's praying for us. There's not a moment in the day that Christ has not prayed for us. Does that not make him precious? As long as Christ lives, he'll be praying for us. And of course we know he lives in the power of an endless life. Some people tell us, or I'll be praying for you. But then they forget. But the Lord never forgets. He has our names engraved in the palms of his hands. He has our names upon his heart. He'll never forget to pray for us. Some people promise to pray for us but never do. But the Lord will never break a promise. And in God's word, the Lord has promised to pray for us. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. And if that's what the Lord has said, that's what the Lord will do. He'll be praying for us at all times. He's loyal with his presence and he's loyal with his prayers. We've considered his love, his loyalty. We look at the person of Christ and we see his loveliness. In the Song of Solomon, we know. The bride of the Shulamite is describing her beloved. And of course, when she's speaking about the beloved, she's actually describing Christ. She's describing the Lord and the loveliness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Song of Solomon 2 and verse 1. The Lord, our beloved, our Saviour said, I am the rose of Sharon. 
I am the lily of the valleys. He is the I am. I am the rose of Sharon. I am the lily of the valleys. Then, later the bride was asked to describe her beloved. To put into words what she saw in him. And she began to say, he's the chiefest among 10,000. And then she went on to speak about his head, his eyes, his cheeks, his lips, his hands, his belly, his legs, his countenance. And then, I've often thought, in describing her beloved, she exhausted her vocabulary. And she couldn't think of anything else, any other word to use to describe the loveliness of her beloved. And so she just concluded by saying, Yea, he is altogether lovely. Everything about him. Everything is lovely. Everywhere she looked upon her beloved, she saw nothing but loveliness. And wherever we look on Christ, wherever we look upon our dear Savior, he is altogether lovely he's precious to us because of his preeminence he's precious to us because of his person he's precious to us because of his peace the peace that the Lord has given to us you think of, you think of the state of this world today wars and rumours of wars trouble it seems to be in every country and men are looking for peace how can they find obtain peace find it in Christ and does not make the Lord precious to us when we have his peace Listen, the peace that passes all understanding. We as believers have a peace that this world never knew. A peace that they'll not find in this world. It's an everlasting peace. My peace I leave with you. And we thank the Lord for what he has given us, what he has done for us, and for the peace that we have in our hearts. Peace knowing we'll never face the judgment of God. Peace in knowing we'll never be in hell. Peace in knowing our sins are all forgiven. By peace I leave with you. By peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. <clears throat> Let not your heart be troubled. 
Ja, daneben da. Daneben auch so. And what did Peter say? Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. And we can say Amen to those words. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our dear Lord, the loving God, we bless thee for thy word. We thank thee, Lord, for this word that emphasizes, focuses on the peace of Christ, the preciousness of Christ. Lord, we thank thee for those today who are saved. And they can add their own end to the words of Peter. O oh Lord, how precious is the Saviour to us. Peace like a river flooding my soul. Since Christ my Saviour maketh me whole. Sweet peace abiding, my portion shall be. Jesus my Saviour is precious to me. Lord, may we meditate upon thy word today and consider what the word has said to us. And may we indeed rejoice in Christ, the one who is precious to us. For any Lord that must leave us now, pray, Lord, thy blessing will go with them those of us who remain behind for the Lord's table dear Lord come and draw near to us and bring the scenes of Calvary before us we pray in the Saviour's name Amen